0: Welcome to Max Storm Business Coaching for the Health and Fitness Professional Podcast, where you will hear and learn tips, tricks, and marketing secrets that will allow you to build your business from ordinary to extraordinary. Visit us at MaxStormCoaching.com. Now, here's your host. Ashley Mazurik here at MaxStormCoaching.com, and today we have a special guest. His name is Carl Weston. He's from Toronto, Canada, and he is a colleague of mine, a friend, and um, to get to the nuts and bolts of why the purpose of Carl being on this podcast is, you know, we've got some really beneficial things that we can get from Carl, and it's really all about what we can learn from other people and Carl's got a good history of owning his own business and just went through a big transition and so I want to talk to Carl about his transition, where he's been and where he is now and then once we get through the, the, the meat of it, I'll go into some other questions that, yeah, I'm just being nosy and curious uh, um, but first I want to welcome Carl. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me on. Can't wait. It's always good to see you.
0: So Carl, like, you're from Tor- well, you're in Toronto, but you're not from C- Toronto because you have an accent. Can you tell the listeners where you're from?
1: It's, uh, it's a mix of an English-Australian accent, so uh, raised in both, traveled around the world a lot, so I've got a bit of uh, a mixed accent, that's for sure. So uh, my brother lives in England now, my parents are there most of the time and I've got family in Australia as well. So I spent a lot of time in both. And yeah, like you said, now I'm in Toronto and I'm not native to here, but it's my home for now.
0: And so don't we just love to hear Carl talk? So hopefully I won't be talking too much and we can just listen to Carl talk. Carl is, um, first of all, he's 6'4". He's a force to be reckoned with, but I will say he is probably one of the sweetest um individuals that I know even though he's six four um he has such a big heart and so Carl I want to talk a little bit about um your uh facility that you had and I'm going to start out by saying um what made you decide originally to get your own facility
1: um well I, a lot of people will probably relate to this uh as a personal trainer I, I was able to work in pretty much anywhere but as soon as I started down the check path, you understand and you come to a realization quite fast that you don't fit into a lot of places. Um, I had the fortunate chance of working at a really good facility in Bermuda that allowed me to do what I wanted to do. Um, Upon moving to Canada, you know, I worked for one of the big box gyms and probably lasted six weeks before I just walked out. And I, I always knew and had the intention that I wanted to set my own business up, but it was just the the need to be able to do what I wanted to do and follow my passion, um, needed my own space to do that.
0: Okay. And so how did you go about opening up your own space? Um, cause the big thing is like, where, where'd you get the money?
1: Well, in Bermuda, it's a, uh, it's a little tax free haven. You're only paying about 4% tax and you, you're earning really good money down there. So I managed to save a hell of a lot of money through that. um, so I've had the, I had the, the money to start up a business from that point. Um, moving to Canada, you know, I had no real family or friends on my side. I, I moved here with my ex-wife and her family and friends were very supportive and super helpful. But I started just by doing the basics, you know, registering the business, getting in touch with a few real estate people. And I started looking at property within probably two weeks of landing. I was already looking at property and trying to find something, whether I was going to build it out. And through that path, I met, uh, uh, an architect whose daughter owned a studio and it just so happened that I ended up kind of partnering with her along the way. Um, which was the big bouncing block for my, my business Raven wellness.
0: So you're to me knowing your story and hearing you talk, you're a product of the law of attraction. Would you, would you agree?
1: 110 percent um you know within six months not six months 12 months I probably had a six-figure business but it came from truly believing in what I was offering and letting the work talk for itself you know I when I started the business I I'd separated from my partner so I'd lost a lot of my support structure so everything that came in was through hard work and putting it out there, you know, needing like, I I was on a survival kind of survival structure and just had faith that what I was doing was right and that it was going to come true.
0: Okay. So not knowing where you are now, tell, tell us what are the pros and cons in your opinion of owning your own business?
1: Um, all pros, you can pick what you do when you do it, how you do it. Um, you can pick the fees that you cost, the fees that you charge. Um, you set your standards. You can really set yourself up to live true to your core values. Um, which is, which is huge for me. But Um, how
0: did, with, with that being said, and, and that's true, but how with those standards and your prices, being able to set your prices, how are you able to generate more business and get more clients?
1: Um, I mean, I started off working, you know, I was in a country where I knew no one, I was offering a service that oftentimes people have never heard of the check. So, you know, I started off doing what I did best. And I started off doing group classes and mobility work and offering my manual therapy and my fees were probably cheaper than most other people around, you know, I started off just building a clientele base once I had a clientele base that I could pay and, and, and support my needs, that's when I started to grow the business. And I started then, I started to increase my fees. Then I had money to put into marketing. Then I had money to put into a referral scheme and just really started to get the word out. And it was always about making money, spending money. You know, the first couple of years, everything I made, I kind of put straight back into the business.
0: So when you say you um, established a referral system and you started generating clientele, you started raising your rates, how did you market your business?
1: Um, Everything was always done through, well, I shouldn't say everything was done. The most successful marketing was always done online. Um, I Hmm. paid for paper marketing. I did uh, rent adverts. I did leaflet drops. But not anything that came through the actual marketing would have been through Facebook and social media in terms of Instagram. Uh, Google was always a big one. But to be honest, the biggest, um, the biggest way I got my clients was actually two things. Word of mouth was probably the biggest one. And Benson, you know, I probably got my first five clients by being out on the trails walking my dog and meeting people and just talking. And he, he, yeah, he pretty much probably brought me my first five or six one-on-one clients.
0: So what you're saying is we should get a really great dog. Get a cute
1: puppy and walk the streets. Get out
0: and walk your dog on the trail and have a great personality and start communicating with people on the trail.
1: Well, yeah, I think in that, to me, I mean, with or without the dog, that's, that's the whole point. It's getting out and getting an audience because as soon as people are, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a Czech practitioner or what's that? And then it's, a, it's an avenue and it's a pathway to say, well, it's what I do and it's how I treat people and how I work with people. And nine times out of 10, you're going to meet someone that's got back pain or it's got a sore hip or they're overweight and they're unhappy or something's not right. And it just opens up a gateway to, to work with someone through the tools that we have as Czech practitioners.
0: And one of the reasons I brought you on here is because, personally, after communicating, knowing you for several years now, you have a really good business sense. Like it's an innate wisdom that I feel like you were. You're just really good at business, and you are very obviously you're very successful. But that's not that's not it. You just you just have a mind for business. I think. Um, so if you were to if you were to give a couple of pieces of advice to people that are looking to grow their business, not necessarily, um, start their own facility, what would you suggest would be your top three things that helped you be as successful as you are?
1: Um, services that you offer is really key. How you contract someone in, um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes when I started out where I was billing, 10 session clients 5 session clients and it never always worked you know as a check practitioner and working with those tools i probably i probably worked with most clients on average of n- and never any less than 12 months to 2 years but i spent a lot of the time chasing chasing up on 10 session payments um, as i moved through the system you know i'd sign people up on bigger contracts
0: bigger contracts meaning
1: Meaning making them sign up for six months, 12 months, 18 months, or X amount of sessions that would take them into that amount of time. Um, I never let anyone join. I never would let anyone join without an initial payment of an assessment and then 20 sessions. So the 20 sessions would put someone into, Depending on how many times they would be seeing me, you know, I mean either generally once or twice a week if I was seeing my clients then it'd be a 10 to 20 week cycle of payment that I would have.
0: So what if, have you ever had a client who didn't want to commit that much time and what kind of words did you use to convince them to do otherwise?
1: Um, yeah, obviously I mean everyone, you're always going to get these clients that just want to pay for a couple of sessions and they want to come in and just see and, it, honestly, it depended where I was at. When I started off, I'm not going to lie, if I started off and someone was going to come in and pay for five sessions, i charge them for five sessions, but i charge them at my most expensive rate. Okay. Um, the more they buy, the, 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 the more cheaper it got. Um, like I said, I never would work with anyone without doing an assessment. And once I've done a biomechanical assessment on someone and the HLC tools, it, you kind of sell yourself from there. Because you find the issues, you find the biomechanical work, you run the HAQs, you do their life coaching questionnaires, and you, you sit down with them and go through that. Most people start to realize fast that it's not, it's not a 10-session journey type thing. It's more of a, okay, I've got to be committed and be serious about that.
0: And so we, we value the check system. We, we teach it. We, we are a full support of, in my opinion, it is the best system out there. So what, you know, because people have a hard time describing what they do, um, and the check system is pretty intense. Um, what, what, what is your 60 second elevator pitch for, well, what's a check practitioner?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, a corrective exercise kinesiologist that works on two approaches. One of them is the biomechanical, which is looking at the body, and then the other is the mental, spiritual, and emotional. So, so tying and working the two together. So having someone come in and actually let me get my hands on them and do the biomechanical assessment to see how the body's moving and functioning and then really getting into the nuts and bolts and looking at where their for doctors is running along, how their HAQ scoring up, and where their love and their dreams running and how they're running true to themselves.
0: Awesome. And so you mentioned some pros to owning your own business. What are some cons?
1: Um, biggest cons I ever found was everything always came down to me. Hmm. You know, it was always... Um, if I was away and with the other guys that I had working there, it was always what's happening. Is everything being looked after? Um, it's a 24 seven stress, you know, people, some people straight up, they're not entrepreneurs. They're not, they're not business people and they're fine with that, but it's a 24 seven stress. You, You never switch off. Even when you go on vacation and even when I was away teaching for the Institute, it's a constant worry, I guess, in in an easiest way to say it, that the business is always on the back of your mind. You know, it's, are your clients getting looked after? Are your trainers turning up? You know, is it going to be clean? Is it going to be stocked? What's it going to look like when I get back? That was probably my biggest stress. And, you know, the highs and lows of a business, I made the same mistakes that a lot of people make that when times are really good and my schedule was full, that's when I slipped off of the business stuff so i never really i never tried to work really any more than 30 34 hours a week with clients which was that was my top type of week but at that point when you are working 34 hours a week with clients you have very little time to do anything else so your business the business element stops so my marketing would stop their social media would stop There drive to get new clients through the door and it's good for a couple of months and then you've you kind of realize you've been working with a couple of clients and then you lose two three four clients and now you've just lost a few thousand dollars of income every single month and now you're back to that race of what marketing do I need to do where do I need to invest my time with the marketing and I need to get some new clients back in and that was always a big stress you know because you're either up and you're doing really really good or you kind of you're down or you're on the way down and you're trying to figure out what you need to do to get back up and it's that perpetual cycle of highs and lows with being a one-man show and running it and not having the help of bigger businesses, you know, to do that, that I like, have those cogs running was always stressful and it was always challenging. You know, it's when you run your own studio and you're, you're, you're one of the main guys in there, yeah, you are the marketer, you are one of the cleaners, you are the bookkeeper, you are the guy that's on the floor working with clients. You are the meter and greedy and you now you wear so many hats and it's tiring. And that's probably, they're probably the only two of the biggest down, the negatives, I would say, but the, the positives will definitely far outweigh.
0: So, a lot of it. because I love the universal laws, and I'm using your particular podcast to talk about the law of attraction, which, for those of you who don't know, the definition of it is we attract we attract whatever we choose to give our attention to, whether wanted or unwanted. And so, let's continue your story. So you've had your business, you've been a, a owner for about five years, yeah. and what started happening with you?
1: Um, it would have been last, two years ago, I moved location, I transferred into a, a, I was in a split location where I had a business partner, and a lot of, I'm sure some of the people out there would have been to my old location, and it was beautiful, you've been to it as well, and it was, truly was a beautiful location, but my working space in there was only about eight to 900 square feet out of a 6,000 square feet unit. Um, and the troubles of business there, you know, it was, it, it just, I needed to separate from the business partner that I was with. And a I, I needed a bigger space to kind of increase the business. Um, so I chose to move and went to a new location. And when I was in the location, you know, I had the perfect gym, but, you know, I, I moved with a, a busy clientele. I had a, another Czech practitioner come in and work. I mean, I had a couple of physios that were running out of my space at weekend. And probably uh, along that journey, once I was in there, I started to realize quite fast that the actual business side of what I was doing wasn't where my love was. And... Running a business and being the business owner, it was definitely a conflict of mine and it kept coming up. You know, I'm not, I love what I do and I love teaching for the Institute and I love speaking for the Institute and I love being a, the Czech practitioner, I love working with my clients, but I was starting to dislike the amount of work that I needed to do to keep the business where it was. So I was a little bit having a porn interest as such, you know, where I knew I needed to work on the business if I wanted to take it, especially to the next level. Um, and my requirements on that didn't, didn't fit with where my values were at that point or right now, you know, my love and my passion is working with clients and helping other people become better at what they do. And the business was just taking too much of my energy away. So I ultimately opted into selling the business and becoming more of a solo practitioner and having a little bit more freedom from the business side of it.
0: And so for those that don't know, um, or aren't familiar with the Czech system, part of being a Czech practitioner, corrective holistic exercise kinesiologist, part of being a part of the actual faculty and teaching this information, is that you are um, also a representative of the teachings. And part of that means that you live a balanced life, which owning a business, because I have my own experience with it as well, it's very hard to create balance when you're owning a business and trying to teach and trying to have, um, oversee practitioners travel and have fun for yourself. And so did you find that challenging to maintain your own sense of balance within yourself and being true to, um, that as well, owning a business?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Um, you know, when you run a business, a lot of your core values and a lot of your, your four doctors are neglected in so many ways. You know, there were so many days where I was too busy to eat and I was skipping meals and then you're taking work home and I'm working beyond like my sleep zones. You know, I was working till 2, 3 in the morning some mornings and then back up at 6, 7 o'clock for clients and it was just – as a Czech practitioner you know that you know the values that you should be living by but you're just trying to stay on top and it was always not always I shouldn't say that but there was times when it was really working against my I was working against my values and my love and my dream just for the sake of a business
0: and wouldn't you agree that what is the the best opportunity to uh present that is when you're working with clients and you realize that you're telling them to do what you're not even doing yeah and ultimately you sounds like you came to that fruition and you sold your business which is fantastic you got some money for it um so how is it renting space
1: it's fantastic it
0: is (laughs)
1: It's, it's stress-free. You know, I, am making exactly the same amount of money I was wow. when I was owning it. So, you know, I, I set up a I set up a deal with what I would pay on my commissions. Um, and it's exactly what I took out of my pay to pay for the business, you know? So I don't have the stress now of, what happens if I'm away for two weeks teaching for the Institute and my clients, I couldn't get my clients filled. You know, I had people that worked with me, but they also had their own clientele. So when I would travel, there'd be times when my income through them would seize or freeze for the time that I was away. And it's, I don't have to worry about that now because I don't have to worry about the overheads.
0: And so we've talked to some people who absolutely love owning their own business, love having their own facility and you have a little different approach. Why is your story a little bit different and you love the freedom and not having your own facility? What do you think differentiates you from the rest?
1: Um, Honestly, it would. It comes down to what the Institute taught me about following my dreams and listening to myself, you know, when I, when I truly sit back and ask my soul where my passions and my dreams were, it was in putting the time and energy into educating myself and educating others. And yeah, I loved having a business, but the only stress I had in my life was probably the business Mm. and not, not Raven wellness and the clients, but the, the operation side of the business. And that, that was where I was, I was having those battles, you know, I mean, it always came back to the same thing. I didn't want to do the operations that was needed to run a business.
0: Yeah. And so how we know, how we know in life that we're headed in the right direction is there's no resistance. You don't experience any contrast. And so your story is perfectly matches that. Tell the listeners, as soon as you decided to sell the business, tell them what happened after that.
1: So, yeah, I decided I truly came to a head, the tail end of Lashy, you know I spent a lot of time soul searching and asking questions the end of last year, with regards to 2017, uh, the end of the year, August through December, where I really want to take my business. And I kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, once the lease was up, that would have been it. And that was three years away. So I was like, you know, I can do three years, whatever. And then January time, I'm like, no, I was working with my partner and a business coach with regards to what I needed to do. Cause I'm like, you know, if I'm going to do it for three years, I'm really going to make it work. So I've got something awesome to sell. And I sat there one day going through some paperwork and it was all numbers and it was all reports. And I was kind of like, no, nope. like this is me done. Like I'm not doing this. This is not where I have any passion or any dream. I don't need to be here right now. So I hung up that conversation. I pretty much chucked all the paperwork away and I phoned my realtor and I'm like, I want to sell the business. I want out, help me out. What do I need to do? And we got it listed in 24 hours and three days later it sold.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. They, they, my realtor's fantastic. And she's, she's a big realtor in the area. She said six months before you might start getting bites, you know, if you're lucky, she's like, it's, it's a required space and you know, she's like, I can't guarantee anything, but she's like, honestly, my businesses is six months, but within three days an offer had been put in and I accepted cause it was definitely what I was looking for. And it just so happened that they wanted to keep the space and, keep me on as a a practitioner there and to consult for them and help them build. And they basically come in with no fitness knowledge anything, but they love me and they love the space and they wanted to keep it going with the emphasis of bringing in high class trainers and practitioners and therapists and grow the business from where it was.
0: That's amazing. What a, what a testament.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, you know what, it's hard. I know with this and talking about the universe, it's hard at times to see the messages that you've being given because you can often be, I think you said, you know, it's hard to see the forest when you're amongst the trees. Yeah. And I've had a journey in the past five years where there's been times where I've been just so broken and so down, but you come out of that and looking back now and I'm just like, Oh my God. It was so clear that the cues were there, the path was always there and I was always on the right path, but everything's always happened for the right reasons. And you know what, like you said, when you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing, it happens fast.
0: That's crazy. What a true testament. And so once you because I know I went through my own withdrawals when I shut down my business and sold everything in it. And what, if you would be willing to share, how was it truly? How was it once you sold the business, how, and what did you process afterwards?
1: Um, change has definitely been something that I've, I've struggled with now, less from the, getting rid of the business aspect, but more in terms of change into what I had stepped into. You know, I've working with my partner in uh, her facility and moving houses and moving, like moving into a new area. And a lot of, I I did, well, I decided to take on a lot of change all at once. And that was the more overwhelming factor of it all. And and I struggled with it, you know, I questioned whether I'd made the right choice. Um I questioned whether I'd done the right thing selling my business.
0: Why um, why did you question it? Were you were you uh dealing with contrast or what made you what one made you question it?
1: Just going through change, sitting, having to kind of figure out what my new routine was going to be. And I'm definitely a man of I like my routine, I like I like to know where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I had a lot of transition. Like I was backwards and forwards into the city a couple of days a week and was working in the studio trying to build up a clientele and train team there. And, and in amongst all that, you know, I was teaching for the Institute, which meant going away. And I was, um, signed up to do an ultra adventure race which came at really bad times because the following day I had to move out of my condo and I just I honestly took on a lot but in terms of the business getting rid of the business there was very little in the terms of questioning that decision like I was 100% knew that I was right with that it's just the challenge for me is being I took on a lot of change too much and it was all tied in together
0: so is it fair to say that even though the change that you're making is probably the right change and is in the direction that you should go, you still can have some kind of questionable feelings afterwards?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, I mean, we teach this and Paul teaches this, that any growth comes through a little bit of pain and uneasiness you know and I mean yeah I sold my business within three days that was the easy part but there was a letting go of that was the harder thing you know it was easy to sign over and do the contracts and cash the check that's all great but anyone that's ran a business and you'll know this I put my love my time my energy into that but you know I also knew what I was creating was growing the next. Phase and the next stage of Raven Wellness.
0: Yeah. So intellectually, physically, you knew, but there's a mental, emotional attachment. Um, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, and I just, I, I just went through a point where I was just spreading myself too thin. You know, I was working, working in Toronto for two days. I was working in Burlington. Uh, my mornings, I was losing my mornings because I was having to wake up at five to travel. And I was working till like seven o'clock. And, you know, I just, I I wasn't living true to myself in terms of my core values and my rhythm and flows are important to me. You know, I wasn't, I was struggling to make the time to walk Benson twice a day and I was back into skipping those meals. And it was all, again, just that cycle of change and getting out of like my, my rhythm and flow. But, Two months later, I'm just sitting back into a rhythm right now and just restarting to ground myself and work on the next phase, I guess, of what what now.
0: So do you think, because I'm, I'm a lot like you, I like structure, I like uh, set rhythms I don't like change do you think that in order for someone to live a balanced life it is essential that you have structure in your life because you know I, I, I struggle with this with clients because as soon as I start instilling structure they're like yeah I don't like this much structure in my life like I like to to live free I'm a free spirit and so I i'm like but my belief and again it's my belief that structure is essential and so what are your thoughts on that because you tend to be like me um
1: yeah i'm very much like you i need i'm about i like my routine i like structure um i like to know where i'm when i'm coming and going but the same with you i've got clients that detest structuring and hate it but um I kind of think it it depends on the person. You know, I believe that everyone sh- I believe that everyone does need certain structure for you to be true to oneself otherwise without structure when do you make time for yourself and when right. do you make time to do what truly cares and I find the people that don't want to make structure they're the ones that are always they're the ones that struggle to do that and to do what matters to them because everything else always Kind of just gets thrown in front of that,
0: right? And and at the same time, if I can recall every instance where I've had that conversation, and again, I don't know everyone, but I know that the clients that come to me and are having issues uh, with this, I always remind them that the reason they're here in my office is because they have led a structureless life that has created the chaos and the instability that they have, and if they're not willing to create some structure to some degree and create some boundaries, i.e. some values, then there's never going to be anything that governs um, what they end up doing day to day that serves their core values because there's no structure to it. And at the same time, it's not about, you know, the idea of, Oh, it's structure, structure, structure. I always say in order for you to be structureless, You have to have a little bit of structure that get to the point where then it's sort of a perception because their perception is, oh my God, she's bombarding me with all this structure. And I say, as soon as you put your body, mind, and soul into structure, it's no longer going to be perceived as structure. It's going to be a way of life. We call it a lifestyle. Uh, And your goal is to create a healthy lifestyle, but... you don't know what a healthy lifestyle is, so the education that I'm going to provide you is going to create boundaries, divisions, and values that are going to oper- operate under a structure to some degree that you are thinking, wow, that's that's structure. I don't like structure. But if you can change the perception and see that it's it's not really structure, it's just your values that, that will be instilled in your life that will create a lifestyle, uh, i.e., healthy lifestyle
1: yeah right i mean the biggest platform you work well that i work with most clients is helping them define their i values and you know exactly what you've just said without structure you can't have your an I system and without an I system you're at a detriment of affecting every relationship that you get into be it personal and professional without boundaries that you set yourself now boundaries need structure you know, take the simplest of things of take your sleep and your nutrition without any structure and boundaries around them, you, you, you're you setting yourself up for failure and you, that perpetual wheel of, well, if they resist it, then they're going to keep coming back to the same problem time and time again.
0: And so just to bounce off that, as we're, as we're doing a little mental mind masturbation here, I'm going to take this and continue to go on as a means of education Creating your I values, your I-ness, um, I will also, um, I can also support that same idea that you just said that lots of times when people don't know their I-ness, their I values, don't know who they are, don't know what they want and don't want, then, then there's no means of going to the next level. Yeah. Um, because a lot of those times, these people that haven't established their I-ness, their I values uh, prior to getting to a, we, um, situation, these people also have a hard time making the decision because part of making a decision in life is knowing who you are and what you present and knowing what you are and represent means this is what I don't like. And this is what I do like. And unless there's a value wrapped around that, you can't make a distinction Right?
1: Completely, 100%. And it's, yeah, you know, the way I explain to my clients, you can still have your value system and there's always going to be shakes to that. You know, you're going to be able to move a little to the left and a little to the right. And I kind of, I always explain it. Like, I'll always draw them an eye. So the big long line with an eye on the top, I'm like, this is you. But now you've got to put a river through that. And I'm like if you have a we structure or an all structure, there's going to be times when your core values, you know, my story right now, you know, you throw kids into the mix and there's times when you're not going to be going to bed at 10 o'clock because something comes up. So now your values around sleep gets pulled this way a little bit for your we value. Um, I have friends all around the world. So if I've got friends that are in town and they're only in town for 24 hours, Am I going to turn around and tell them I'm not going to go for dinner with them at eight o'clock? No, because for me the the love of connecting with someone's greater than me going to bed at nine thirty. So then I just say then the river kind of gets pulled this way. But without that structure of well no, I know I need to be that nine thirty ten o'clock bed which is in my eye, then if I don't have that, then this river just as soon as it's here, it just goes that way. Where with the structure, it, it pulls back into your i mm. and it pulls back into yourself. And then then there's going to be something else which will put it this way. And then it's going to come back into you and then it's something else will pull it off. And I explained to them, you know, this is why the eye is so true. And it's not that you can't live this life that you want to create, but you need a structure and a balance around that. And there's always going to be something that's pulling you away or pulling you to something else. But if you know and you're true to yourself with what you want to get and you know where your eye stands, then it's fine to navigate off course a little little bit for a weekend or so. Just for example, I know this weekend I've got a wedding. One of my best friends is getting married in Kelowna. So I know this weekend I'm not going to be going to bed at 9.30. You know, I'm probably going to be having a little bit of fun there's most likely going to be some wine involved (laughs) does that you know if i was to say this is what i'm about i'm about organic food i'm about making sure my bed i'm about making sure that i do things that i love you know there's going to be a little little bit of shaking around this weekend but i'm going to be having fun and i'm going to love every moment that i'm in it and with it so it's not detrimental to the value of my i-ness as long as I know what I need to come back to.
0: Yeah. And wouldn't you also agree that, and I know I'm a product of it, sometimes too much structure is actually not good and can be a stressor.
1: Yeah. It can become super de- well detrimental. And in this line of work, especially that I find that to really hold true. You have to have flexibility. You know, I work with clients with kids and, you know, or clients that things happen, things stop clients from coming, and you know if there's no flexibility with your clients, you know what, not a problem. Let me just move your session to tomorrow or to three days. If you if you're too structured around that, then it's going to be a detriment in that sense. But and the same with yourself, things come up in life which take you off the path that you or the structure that you want to work within. So you do have to be flexible with that, but. Like you said, we well, you know, without structure there's nothing to come back to and you just go off on a flying yeah. unicorn and figure out where you land on the next thing and you're just gonna deal with all the stress and whatever else from that point.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like too with clients that don't have established values within their IWE and all, they tend to fall off the wagon and fall off the wagon again and again. And the, and the response is always, I never got back to exercising again. I never got back to eating like I should have. And, and there's was, there was no pulling you back. And, and part of the process of coaching is like, okay, we need to establish your values. And you know, can we say that values change? Yeah, you're sort of a product of that. Initially, six years ago, your I values were to own your own business. Yeah. And now you're, you've created experience under it, experience enough to say, yeah, my values have changed. Now I decided I don't want to own a business. So can our values change all the time? Absolutely. Is it important to have flexibility? Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this, this industry that we're in, Mm. what motivates you to stay in this industry? I mean, has there ever been an opportunity in your life where you've suffered and you've come close to going, I'm done. Like, I don't, I I don't want to deal with this crap anymore. Maybe I'll get into doing something else.
1: (laughs) Before I got into the check field, I was, that was the point I was at. I was done. I'm like, I applied for so many different things. You know, I looked at going into the, Military. I looked at going in the police. I looked at the fire service. I looked at going back to school and doing something completely different. Um, I even got to the point where I was about to go to Sri Lanka for six months and work on one of the big elephant reserves there that take in like um, injured and abandoned elephants. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to go there and figure it out. And well, got what up.
0: got you so um, distorted in your in your desire to be in the industry? Um,
1: getting everyone to let's say 80 oh. percent clients coming in with goals and for a lack of education for a lack of probably having experience with my core values and structure and bringing in all that side of things I'd get most of my clients to what I say was an 80 percent they feel good but they weren't where they truly wanted to be and then they'd fall off the wagon and I've always been involved heavily in rehab and when I was working in England, I was at a rehab firm and company and everyone would get to the point where they were good and they felt good, but they were never a hundred percent. And then they just go and then you'd see them back six months later and they were injured again. So I was getting frustrated with never getting anyone to that true 100% through lack of my own knowledge and experience, I guess, at some point. And It was at that point that I took the job in Bermuda, just like, let me get out of here. Let me go be on a tropical island and see where my life is and earn some money that would have given me the the chance to probably discover some new things. But at that point, I discovered Paul. (laughs) And, you know, it was then where I rediscovered my passion for what I truly wanted to do, which was to help people and to heal people. And like you said at the beginning of this podcast, I, I found a system that I still stand true today. The check system is the best system in, on the planet. I, I I tell people it's the best blueprint you can ever work with. There's other really good tools you can have. And, you know, I think people need good manual therapy tools and good communication tools to layer onto the check system. But there is not one blueprint on the planet that's as good as Paul's system
0: yeah i would I, ca- I can't agree with you more um and what one of the things that you mentioned which i'm i'm glad you mentioned because i just did a podcast on it because i'm so and like you mentioned and and it that education is so very important and can you talk a little bit as to what you meant by the education
1: um You know, I got a, got a degree in sports science. I'd done the typical journey of a lot of people, the, the weekend warrior courses, you know, two days here, three days there.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I honestly, and I've done a few of them since and sometimes the content's been good, but the same thing I find with most of them is they're fickle. They're, 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 they're more of a fashion than an actual Education, You know, they're just following trends and they're trying to fit what the industry needs. Um, And uh, there there was a lot of frustration around that. But my education through university, you know, I learned a body. I I knew how a body worked and I knew what a body should have been, but it was never what a healthy body should have been or a moving body should have been. You know, they're taking like cadavers on a table and they're saying, well, This is the insertion of the hamstring. This is the insertion of the quads or whatever it would be. But those muscles work very differently when you put someone on two feet and you stand them up and you put them under, uh, under force and under load. And there was such a lack of integrated systems at that point. And Paul teaches that Paul teaches what a healthy body should be, not what unhealthy is and what the traditional health standards are. You know, and it was the education there. And he teaches you to want to learn more. You know, he's teaching you these assessments and how to write programs and how to refer out. And it just, for me, it was just that drive to want to learn more. It showed me the pathway that no, you can heal people, but it's not just training. You know, there's got to be the the doctor quiet side, you know, the sleep and the quiet and the meditation is huge. The nutrition is huge. Their happiness is huge. And now I was probably only ever working from a movement factor. Now I can work from a tool system that Paul's created. And it was just lack of education for myself. You know, I didn't know that all those things affected.
0: Well, and you know, I, I agree with everything you said, you know, going to getting degree, and then going to all these medical rehab courses and so forth but when if you're like I'm a why person so when you learn the the physiology behind what's going on in the body what the check system teaches and we teach students to understand why that's happening i think it does create more education and knowledge that raises us as practitioners up to the cream of the crop because Mm. it's not, here, do this because I said to do it. It's doing it and you understanding why. And the biggest thing that, you know, I hear from students is – This system makes sense and it does. And university, you know, it's, it's that same old driver system of here, do this, 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 and this, and I'm still going, but why, but why, well, why would you do that? And never getting that and not feeling satiated with really, truly understanding the body and the information as it relates to why people need to get better and why aren't they getting better and what's, what are the, what are protocols, um, that create actual, results and uh, the check system provides all of that and if you study it and you learn it then you've got this enormous amount of education that allows you to have confidence that what you're doing in life a works and B, um is fulfilling for you because you know you're a product of information that actually helps people get better on a daily basis as it relates to not just the physical which you know there's you know some of us are just in the physical and there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're hungry, you can always always be hungry in the check system because there's always more and more and more and more at any level you could possibly want to learn physical, mental emotional, and spiritual and so I probably like you. I started out in the physical, learned the physical, loved it, got really good at it. Then was like, ah, let me transition to this mental, emotional, nutritional stuff. How can I be better? And then kind of evolved through that. And then and then the product of you know soul development. It's like okay, now let's dip into this physical side, and then your practice kind of evolves into that. And. The product of your information, understanding, knowledge, and experience, you have clients because you're able to, you know, not go into an instance with fear, which I can say my past experience is sometimes I would get a client – 20 years ago where I was like, oh shit, what do I do with this person? I have no idea. But you're never in that position if you're educated through the check system because you truly, you truly know what you can do with anybody. There's always something that you can do, um, which is amazing and is exciting and makes you want to continue in this industry and be hungry for more and be really good at your sole purpose in life if it is to truly... Help people or heal people um, yeah that's awesome, so in your opinion, and this will be my my last question because I, I know we've gone a little a little longer, but um, let me ask you this, Carl what is in your opinion our biggest challenge in this industry right now
1: um, oh biggest challenge is. Filtering out, I guess to me, it's uh, the biggest thing I see with a lot. Well, the biggest frustration I see with a lot of people is filtering through all the garbage that's out there. You know, we do, I, I still truly, and I think you, you'll agree, I, we still truly offer the only fully integrated, holistic health system on the planet. But there's so much people want fast, people want now. And the check system's not about. Now it's not, you're not going to come in and see me and be healed within two hours. You know, you might have some aha moments, but it's, it's a process, you know, it's the, and the big, I think the biggest structure that I see is people want to be, people want the the things that they see, the fun things. They want to be able to throw the kettlebells around. They want to be able to throw the sandbags around. They want to be able to do the trendy workouts that, or all over the place. They don't want to do the hard work, which is what it takes to truly heal and to truly grow. And I think that's one of the biggest frustrations that I see a lot of people dealing with um, from a business element. It's balance, you know, how much time in the business compared to how much time on the business. And it's, you know, they're the two biggest frustrations that I've probably gone through and witnessed and being part of and then as you you go through it as well and you teach and you meet people from all walks of life and they all kind of they all have the same challenges it's standing out having the strength to actually be different I think's big for Czech people you know we are so different than most other people and that becomes challenging to find peers and friends within the circles that have this whole truth to, I mean, back to the core values, you know, I mean, once you have core values, you, you, your friend circle starts to become a little bit smaller. Um, but they're probably the three biggest frustrations that I would see.
0: And, you know, to piggyback on that, my purpose isn't to foo-foo anything that's going on out in the industry. Yeah. Um, but I do, uh, to con- support what you were saying in order for people to really get better. You can't just be diving into the physical. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is the manifestation of. And if I'm being honest about what we do, uh, part of what makes uh, Czech practitioners really good is that we deal with the underlying causes And the root to the dysfunction that oftentimes, oftentimes, I'm going to say all the time, has mostly to do with a mental, emotional, spiritual dysfunction. And our job, which we're very successful at, I can speak for myself, and I know for you too, that we can find that we we actually have the tools through our own through the education to find out what the root cause and be a great catalyst to explaining what it is, and uh, being able to meet the client where they're at so that they can, they can take those mini steps towards addressing an issue. For example, if somebody has a torn hamstring and they go to a practitioner of some sort that deals with torn hamstrings, do you really think that that practitioner is going to truly help them if they just deal with the hamstring? Never. Never. Why is that?
1: Cuz it's never really the hamstring.
0: Exactly. And what the and so one of my big purposes talking to you today and informing all the listeners out there that it's not about the hamstring people because we deal with an integrated holistic system that is way more preferential, way higher of a hierarchy that that created that that Czech practitioners are able to identify and help you truly get to the the root of why that's happening so that you can not only physically heal, but heal on so many other different levels that your whole entire life changes mm. for the better.
1: Well I mean just off that yesterday I had a I had an assessment, a new client come in yesterday. Same story that you've probably heard, being to every other healthcare practitioner that you can think of everything's kind of one side of the body. And for someone to me, that's not been in a bad car accident or had any blunt trauma when you, everything was on the left side of the body. It was all, um, it was all left side injuries with no real reason for any of them. And gone through the whole biomechanical assessment, you know, two or three hours later, it just came down to two questions for her. And it was, how's the relationship with your mum and your sister? And, you know, I mean, you know, you, you, you're delving into Pandora's box at that point, And the response is, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, "What well, you know, what's going on with your, the females within your life? And she's like, why? And I'm like, well, your body's showing a lot of female trauma, whatever you want to call it, a lot of female energy right now. And, it, and it's not presenting in a way that I'd expect for someone that's not been in a car crash or slammed into some hockey boards or a football incident and kind of just, you know, you kind of see your client then just take it two steps back and she's like, Oh, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, we can help with the biomechanical, but this is a mental, spiritual, and emotional path that we got to go down. You know, just preparing you for the work that we're going to have to do to get you through all this. And it's the same thing. She's coming in cause she's got a, shoulder and a knee issue and it's through the assessment I'm just nah, this is not biomechanical right now. This is all mental, spiritual, and emotional. And very heavy, heavily dominant for her on the female side. And when she starts getting into that, you start seeing straight away within two or three questions, I just knew automatically where that where now my coaching goes and it's nothing to do with what exercise program she needs. It's how much work she's prepared to do on healing the relationships within a, within her life and dealing with the energy.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Now, is everyone ready to go to that distance? No, but I, I'm trying to give a heads up for down the road as to what potentially is out there to lead someone to being able to do that. if if that's their Again, the number one response to most students, I always say, "Why are you in this industry? What what made you get in it?" I want to help people. Mm. Okay, well, let's help people then, and you know, let's start at wherever level, whatever you level you are. But when you truly get to the 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 core root of truly helping someone. Uh, eventually and most personal trainers that have been in this industry for a couple years or more know that they're more of a psychiatrist than they are a personal trainer and that's the then I would say to you you're doing mental emotional work kudos that's awesome and does is it working for you yes um so yeah thanks for thanks for spending some time with us Carl you you uh, opened up a bit of information that I, I, I want to share wanted to share have been wanting to share for a while now um, we I wanted to start out by really getting to the point which is you know sort of max storm is business coaching um, is learning some business business things I pull the yin aspect into this and dive into meteor more yin um, aspects of this industry. Um, so ho- hopefully you enj- enjoyed it. And uh, listeners, you can always contact me at balancedbod.com. Carl, if anyone want to get in touch with you, um, do you have a website or an email that they could reach out to? Uh,
1: ravenwellness.com or uh, Raven Wellness on Facebook, Instagram, any of those lines or ravenwellness at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Carl. Hey, thank Appreciate you. Being with us today and chatting, and sharing your love and your energy. Always a pleasure, my dear.
1: That's saying to you. Love you guys and love what you're doing. And I love the time we spent together last week. It was awesome. I miss you guys already.
0: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Max Storm Business Coaching Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss. Head over to our website or social media pages.